So Mark, what does a normal week look like for you? I'm not sure there's any such thing as a normal week. I mean, my weeks are, are widely varied and, and uh, you know, every week I spend a uh, reasonable amount of time uh, on Grace Clinic uh, and I'm involved in a couple other uh, community organizations. I'm on the board for Columbia Industries and I'm functioning as a as an advisor for the Family Learning Center on a project they're doing and, and, uh, uh, and the Columbia Basin Nonprofit Association where I was one of the founders. And, and so, you know, I have some involvement in those things, but, but uh, you know, I also have significant involvement with family. You know, we have uh, people for dinner every Monday night. Um, sometimes it's all of our kids and grandkids. Sometimes it's, it's one family group. Um, and we've been doing that for a long time. You know, we took a hiatus during COVID, but, uh, uh, you know, I've done it for a long time. Um, uh, I spend time helping my mom, which is, she's the last of Kathy's and my parents that are still with us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, she lives on her own and is doing well, but she's 86 years old. And, and, uh, uh, so I help her and, uh, uh, Sometimes I cart grandkids here or there as, uh, as necessary. So that they're literally, there's no such thing as a, as a regular week. One of the regular things that I understand is the family meal. What is the, an average amount of people who come to your house once a week for dinner? Well, um, pre-COVID, everybody came every week. And that was our kids, the grandkids, my parents, Kathy's parents, uh, and there were a couple others. And, uh, and the number peaked at 29. Uh, you know, we've lost three of our four parents, okay? uh, and, and uh, one other family who had been coming is, uh, is not currently. So if we have... If we have everybody today, it's uh, about 25, okay? um, which is a mob, especially when, when 12 of them are kids and a bunch of them are under six. Uh, it's a lot of chaos, um, but, uh, and it, you know, it's, a, it's a fair amount of work. Um, uh, most of the, of the meal preparation Kathy's responsible for, I do set up and clean up. Mm -hmm. um, uh, those are... Uh, Things that I can handle, mm -hmm. um, but um, uh, but it's an unbelievably good experience, mm -hmm. you know. And and we've been doing this for a long time. We started doing it before we had grandkids, mm -hmm. and uh, when we were first doing it, uh, and my parents and Kathy's parents were coming, um, our kids were hearing them tell stories to each other about their childhood, which you know were really were really beneficial for. Uh, uh, for our kids to hear. And then as the grandkids came along, you know, it, it, it's a whole nother dynamic. We, we literally knocked a wall out to enlarge the dining room because mm. we needed more space. That's amazing. So on an average week, how many hours would you say that uh, you have devoted to volunteer service in our community? Um, it's, uh, it's anywhere from 15 to 50, uh, anywhere and anywhere mm -hmm. in between, mm -hmm. you know, there are some weeks that are, are easily 50 or more. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and there are some weeks that are, 
15, maybe 20. Mm -hmm. So if we went back to 25-year-old Mark, CPA, and we forecasted in the future, is this something that you would have seen yourself doing? Uh, you know, it, it's impossible to, to uh, when I think back to being that age, I had no real idea of what next 40 years were going to look like. Um, uh, to be sure, the, my community involvement, I mean, the first meaningful thing that I did that uh, wasn't directly in the church was as I was leaving public accounting, um, one of my soon-to-be former partners came to me and said he'd been asked to join the United Way board, uh, but he wanted to give him my name because he was interested in the possibility of, of the firm bidding on doing their audit work, and that was not possible if he was on the board. And uh, so he said, you know, I'd, I'd like to give him your name. And I said, okay. Um, I, I didn't really know what I was getting myself in for. When I first started attending those meetings, I was, uh, I felt really out of place. I was 27, 28 years old. Mm -hmm. Nobody in the room was under 45, mm -hmm. and most of them were, you know, 55 to 65. Uh, and it was a big group. There were about 55 people on the board. And I knew, I think when I first joined them, I knew two of them. Mm -hmm. So, so I felt really out of place, um, uh, you know, and that, that changed over time as I got older, as I matured, as I developed relationships. Mm -hmm. but, um, uh, but certainly when Roy asked me about that, I didn't have any expectation that I'd be involved in, his, in the number of things that I've been involved with mm -hmm. you know, in the last 40 plus years. Mm -hmm. And I would assume every experience has brought you to a different experience and, you know, what you've gathered, but also people have seen um, how much of a difference you make on a board or in our uh, community's leadership. Uh, how we look at someone like you and we think, I could never do that. Um, you know, what would you say to someone maybe 20, 25 years younger than you at that point in, in life uh, regarding community leadership? You know, as I've thought about this, and, and I've, uh, I've thought about it a fair amount in the last week and a half in, uh, after having been selected as Tri-City of the Year, the, um, uh, you know, when I think back to my own experience, um, couple things are the case. You know, the first is you have to be willing to say yes, mm -hmm. and you have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone, okay? And, and um, uh, you know, and, and everybody's capable of doing that. It's not always easy, mm -hmm. okay? But, but you have to be willing to say yes, and you have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone. And, I, you know, I don't know where I heard this. Um, uh, it... Uh, uh, it was from a pastor um, that said, uh, God will never call you deeper into your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, there's, a, there's an enormous amount of truth to that. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. So uh, we're looking at a passage this week where people are watching Jesus do miraculous things. And they ask, by what power does he do this? And, and I, I just wonder, what is behind um, 
all that you've done in our community and and through the church as well. You've worked as a volunteer for this church for years and years. You know, um, my uh, all-time favorite book in the Bible is James, mm. and uh, and James is uh, is very direct about. Um, you need to get to work. You know, uh, early uh, there is what what I label as uh, the original Nike slogan. Uh, you know, th there's a verse that says, "Do not just be hearers of the word; do what it says." Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, it it talks about um, uh, showing your faith by your works. Okay. That um, uh, that faith without works is dead, um, and and towards the end of the book, it says, uh, "For him who knows the good that he should do and does it not, that's sin," mm -hmm. and and so that is um, that plays a huge role in kind of my worldview with respect to um, uh, to these things. Um, now you know I've been. I've been fortunate that uh, that I've been able to do it. That I have the freedom to do, you know, the things that I've done. But um, but it's really driven by uh, by my faith and a desire to demonstrate that, um, uh, and fundamentally by a belief that uh, Christians need to be doing these things mm -hmm. in the world. We need to be playing a significant role. Um, uh, we, not, we, we need to avoid just being focused on the church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mark, how would you describe um, experiencing, actually, let me, let me rephrase that. I was going to ask you something about earth on uh, heaven on earth. Do you have any stories that you'd like to share of just glimpses that you've seen God work through you or those around you? And it's just like, that is, that must be a little bit of heaven that we're experiencing here on earth. Um, you know, I have, I have uh, lots of experiences associated with Grace Clinic. I've, I've been involved there for 16 years and the last 10 volunteering as the, uh, as the CEO. Um, and uh, the, the things that really stand out there mm -hmm. are the, the patients that have told us about how we make them feel. Uh, you know, uh, years and years ago, we started asking our patients where they would go if the clinic wasn't there. And we weren't surprised when a significant portion of them said they would go to the ER. Mm -hmm. okay. If you go mm -hmm. to the ER, they have to see you. It doesn't matter whether you have insurance. It doesn't matter whether you can pay. But what did surprise us is that the largest group, and it's more than half, tell us they wouldn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And you, you ask yourself the question, why is that? And part of the answer is that when you have a need and there's a cost for it and you can't pay for it, it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. so, so people will avoid that discomfort until it becomes 
so acute they don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, when, when people tell us about the way we make them feel, uh, that's, uh, that is, um, that is the kingdom. Mm -hmm. You know, we, uh, we want to be a tangible demonstration of God's love to the people who walk through the door. We do that by providing medical services, okay? but but at the at the heart of it is, you know, we want to be that demonstration of God's love. the The second thing is what happens in many of our volunteers. You know, it's not at all uncommon with a relatively new volunteer that they will say something on the order of, they had no idea of what some of the needs were. Mm-hmm. They, they they had no idea of. The, the challenges that people face, you know, the, the stories that they're hearing from our patients, because most of us are pretty insulated from that. Yes. You know, we, we don't experience it directly. We don't, mm-hmm. um, uh, our, our family doesn't. Sometimes, you know, we have kind of a distant experience, but, uh, but that has a, it has a profound impact on our volunteers mm-hmm. and, uh, and them having a better understanding it enhances the kingdom. Hmm. Uh, you know, a higher level of sensitivity, a higher level of awareness um, is is good for everybody. Yes. How many persons do you see on an average week or month at Grace Clinic? At, at the clinic right now, we see about 650 to 700 people a month. It's hmm. wonderful. We're, uh, you know, next month will be our 20th anniversary. We're nearing 100,000 patient visits since we opened. Um, you know, and, and that is, that is a, a testament to this community. Mm-hmm. It is, it's a testament to the fact that we believe this is God's clinic. It's what he wants us to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, and it's a, and it demonstrates what can happen when a bunch of people come together. Yes. Because I mean, we have, we have 250 active volunteers. Okay. That's how it happens. And every one of those volunteers initially said yes 